Hello and welcome to the Amnesty International podcast on the launch of our annual report 2006. In Nepal, a man called Krishna Pahadi has just been released from jail. He can't quite remember but thinks it was his 28th time in detention as part of a peaceful campaign calling for democracy in his country. Of course, in the past year, the list of countries suffering human rights violations has been depressingly long. And the photo album would have included snaps of Afghanistan, Colombia, Uzbekistan, Israel and the occupied territories, Chechnya, and of course, Iraq and Guantanamo Bay, where nearly 500 people are still being held without charges. Some of those who had been locked up as part of the war on terror have managed to make it home. This is Yemen, and a warm welcome home for Mohammed al-Assad, who was working in Tanzania when he was detained, accused of being a terrorist. Several times over the past two years, he was hooded and flown to mystery locations for questioning. Amnesty International believes one of those locations may have been in Eastern Europe. How much have I lost? My morale, my reputation. I've suffered. My children are young. My child was born after I was taken. My father is old. Today, we stand again together. This time, the G8... Scotland in July and the leaders of the world's richest nations gathered for the G8 summit. All the talk was of Africa and a possible deal on debt reduction. Almost none of the talk was on the hundreds of millions of small arms that are used across the continent and across the world to kill and maim. And yet present was every leader of the top five arms-exporting countries in the world. And arms are the fuel behind some of the world's worst conflicts. These children playing football are former soldiers in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Their future is still desperately uncertain, as, despite a peace deal there, up to a 1,000 people a day are still dying from war-related causes. And in the swollen refugee camps of Chad, more than 200,000 people have fled the fighting in Darfur, while the international community has failed to take effective action. In the former Soviet Republic of Belarus, at the end of last year, a peaceful election rally was met with old-style repression as riot police moved in. The old regime was re-elected. Western observers say the process was fundamentally flawed. At another demonstration, this time in the Uzbek city of Andijan in May of last year, troops surrounded anti-government protesters and opened fire. Hundreds of men, women and children were killed. Amnesty International believes that in the middle of all this, the way forward is through justice for the victims and the accused. And the organisation's Secretary-General, Irene Khan, believes that the war on terror is actually leaving us less secure. I think there are going to be a number of very important tests in this year, whether the UN Human Rights Council is going to take off well, whether there will be certain lessons drawn from governments like the US, UK and other European governments about respect for human rights and whether that will lead to a change of behaviour, whether Guantanamo prison camp will be closed. There are lots of challenges here, but I take hope uh, from the hundreds and thousands of people around the world who are standing up and saying, we want justice, we want the rule of law, we want respect for human rights, because that's the way to true human security. Thank you for listening.
If you'd like to know more about Amnesty International, please go to our website at www.amnesty.org.